Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Monday for those that are here live. For those that are here whenever you're here, thanks for being here. For those that are here live from the Northeast, we are in the middle of a Northeaster. It is snowing outside. It is a snow day. The kids are realizing that all the time that last year that everybody got home with Zoom, it's coming to pay it back because now schools are like, hey, we know how to do the Zoom thing. So some schools are like, what's a snow day? So the kids aren't so happy. Other schools are respecting the time-honored tradition of snow days. I've got mixed feelings about snow days. I don't know about you guys. I've got mixed feelings about snow days. The control freak in me is going out of his mind because I had stuff to do today and, and it restricts travel and movement. And when is it going to stop? Checking the weather. It said 3.5 inches in Long Island. Now it's 5.7 inches. But the the deeper part of me says, this is life. You can't control anything. And when God says, slow down, look up and say, thank you. Nothing wrong with a little snow. Nothing wrong with a little restriction of travel. For those of us that are watching from South Florida, they're also going through their own winter storm. It dropped to 75 degrees. So for my Floridians, please put on a light sweater. And make sure your car is set so that the, the heat is on. And wherever you're from, whatever you have in front of you, we're either going to fight it or we're going to be, or we're going to align with it. Snow days remind us that we don't control the most basic things and our choices are either to align with it or to fight it. That's life. Aligning with what's around us, aligning with what's inside us, aligning with the, the, the gifts we have. There are people that live their lives constantly embarrassed of the gifts they have because they're not the gifts that other people expect them to have. This is all what we've been talking about before we get to our what to do about it. It's all part of the same world of foundation. That same trait of knowing what we stand for has the trait of being embarrassed that you are not enough because the environment that you're in determines what enough is. You see, when you live in a world where other people determine what are the symbols and the trophies of that world, and you can't perform at the level of other people because maybe that's not your natural inclinations, tendencies, or strengths, then you feel like you're not enough because they determine what is enough. This is what we consider to be important. I'm not talking about spiritual concepts. I'm talking about material concepts. When you grow up in a world where somebody else is dictating 
what is the hierarchy of accomplishments? If you happen to be in line, then amazing. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who lives in a world where by far wealth is the most important thing. And he happens to be incredibly financially successful. And he was making a comment about somebody who was not as successful. And I tried in the nicest way I could, although we have a very long relationship so I could, I can say things straight, to remind him that a lot of his success comes because he happens to be in an area of real estate and his father happens to be a fairly large real estate developer. And when your dad's a big real estate developer and you're starting a bunch of ancillary real estate businesses, you sort of get a little bit of a leg up. You think? Like you think when your dad calls and says, my son's starting a business, can you let him into your buildings? Now, there's nothing wrong with that. And if you have that, great. And there's a lot of children that grow their families' empires in ways that their parents never even thought of. And I'm in no way suggesting that there are kids and grandkids that are not phenomenal businessmen on their own rights. In this particular case, he forgot that in the world that he was in, he, as Deb said, started on third base. If for nothing else, just to appreciate it. Not to take away from him, but not take away from somebody else. There are people that grow up in environments in which they're behind the eight ball. They grow up in school where they're not good at the way school judges your intelligence. They grow up in more environments where they may not be as naturally, you know, they don't may not naturally understand things like style. There are people that grow up in worlds that are yards behind others. And here's the worst part. They think there's something wrong with them. You see, because their world has determined what's important and they have understood that they are not making it. They're not catching up. That they have determined upon themselves that they are less important. They're judging themselves. They're misjudging their potential. They're misunderstanding that they come from a a piece of energy that is beyond this world. And so much of their life, they're missing because of the society around them. This happens sometimes when people hit life challenges and somehow feel like now they are thrown off the treadmill and they're behind the race. Relationship challenges. As if there's a race. As if there's a win. As if there's a path that we all take that's the same. It's just the material world that we live in. It's just the society that you're in. 
it's not real just because people around you think it is. What's real is the soul. What's real is the world around us and that every one of us is born with a divine spark. And every one of us has our own path. Every child has a path. Every one of us are in this world for a reason. This isn't my words. Trust me, I'm not making this up. This is the words of one of the greatest rabbis in the history of our people. His name is Ramosha Chaim Luzato. His acronym you may have heard is the Ramchal. He wrote a book called Derech Hashem, The Way of God. And in that book, he says something so incredible. I remember when I first read it, I circled it and then circled it and then underlined it and then folded the page over. Maybe tomorrow I'll bring it down and read it. I'll say it in English. It's not going to have the same authenticity as when you read it in the Hebrew, but he says, the world operates like a kingdom. And all of us are, are a part of this incredible tapestry of this wonderful kingdom. And God looks at what has to happen on a daily, yearly, you know, generational basis, and he assigns out tasks to all the people. And every one of us has our task. Every one of us has our task. If your eyes are open, you're given a task. No more or no less important than anyone else's task. There is no system that determines importance except for the one that is in the eyes of God. And God's system is incredibly fair because he put you in this world and said, don't worry about the symbols. Worry about your values. You want to know what a foundation looks like? It's values. It's principles. And when you are resting on strong values and principles, you're not going to need the world around you to make you feel important. You're not going to need the world around you to drive you towards symbols that they consider important. And if you have the opportunity to be on third base in the game that you want to be in, you're going to be even more grateful. And if you're not even in the ballpark of the game you want to be in, you're going to understand that maybe there's another game to play or even wherever you are, that's important. There's no better human being in this world based on how much they have. What makes somebody grow and great in this world is based on who they are. It is based on how they live with the clarity of true values. And if we don't, and if I'm saying this and you're like, of course, if we don't have this in front of our eyes every single day, we will know it to be true, but live differently. 
because we have to live in this world. And this world will give us neuroplasticity that will allow our actions and our emotions and our frustrations to dictate otherwise, even though we know intellectually that's not right. And we know intellectually that that's not the way it is. It doesn't matter what we know intellectually. The intellect is only a a tool It doesn't matter what we spit back on a test, what we say at a party. What matters is what we feel, what we're aware of, what we live with. Who cares what I know intellectually? I know intellectually how to be a good husband. If I don't live with it every single second, what good is that to my wife? Who cares what I know intellectually? If I don't, if I'm not aware of it in the actions, if the, my doctor intellectually understands something, but doesn't know how to live with it in his practice, if it's not inculcated into his habits, I don't care what he knows in a textbook, intellectual knowledge checks out at some point in life. Now it's, did the knowledge seep into the way we live? Does the history that I studied in the book impact how I see the world, how I make moves? Do the subjects that I spend time studying actually change how I see the world? I intellectually understand that values are more important than accomplishments, but what bothers me more? Am I bothered more when I f- sacrifice a value or when I, or am I bothered more when I lose on the path to an accomplishment? I understand intellectually what's right and what's wrong, but what bothers me more? When I miss a symbol or when I give up a symbol because it's wrong and nobody knows. That's the pathway to real greatness. It's not when we understand it intellectually. It's when we understand it in our awareness. It's when the intellectual knowledge has been worked through in our mind so often that it is now lost into our common knowledge. When we take intellectual knowledge and make it feel like common knowledge, that's when the knowledge actually matters. This is in words that we use in our daily prayers. We say the words, the Adata Hayom intellectually we know that God exists but we have to bring it into our hearts it's not enough to know something we have to live with something to know that we need values is one thing but to live with them is different so how do we do it so let's start I'm going to give you an exercise for the snow day it's going to be a little bit much so for those people that like get freaked out with this stuff, just don't do it. Don't worry. We'll give you another exercise in the next coming days. It's in chapter, I believe, seven of the book. For those who have the book, Unlocking Greatness, I think it's chapter seven. I think. A lot of the reason why we can't see clearly is because we got to live our life. That's what throws us. Living throws us. 
because I can sit here for a few minutes a day and agree. And then I go out of my day and my failures, if you will, are right before me. And my competition is right before me. So to take a page out of the great of Noah Weinberg, if you want to be able to live your life fully, you have to be able to envision, you have to visualize a time where you don't have to live your life. And this is the, I think Elisheva just jumped on it. She got it. This is the exercise we have in the book called the eulogy. If you haven't done this yet, it's super powerful. If this is going to freak you out, don't do it. We'll do something else. That's why in the book, I have two exercises. If this won't, it's going to really, if you haven't done it yet, it's going to be powerful. It's not my exercise. I borrowed it from someone else. I don't remember who, but trust me, I didn't come up with this. Here's how the exercise goes. It's intense. Snow days are intense, even if you're in Florida. Even if you're listening from, from SoCal, even if you're from, if you're, it matter where you're from, it's a snow day. So enjoy the snow day. Eulogies are powerful because they're, they're truth. They're not even really true. Most eulogies are exaggerations. But they at least exaggerate. <laughs> you have to get firewood and love her off. <laughs> eulogies are exaggerations for the most part, I would think. You know? But it's okay. Like it's respectful. Or I don't know, we'll talk about that on time. But what's interesting about eulogies, if you notice, is that eulogies actually exaggerate not the person, but the principles. Did you ever notice that? If you exaggerate a human being, you you would be able to talk about anything of a human being. If he was worth X, you'd say he's worth Y. If she was good at X, you'll say she's good at more. But they never do that. What eulogy does, it doesn't exaggerate the person. It exaggerates the principles of what's important and then makes the person embody the principles. Eulogies are times where what comes out is an expression of the person's life when lived at the height of their principles. So here's what I want you to do in the few minutes that we have now. And if you have a few seconds today, and we'll talk about it again with God's help tomorrow. But if you do it right, it's going to be powerful. And if you do it in three minutes or less, it's not. And even if you're in the car, or you're driving when you're listening to this, and you're just start to think about it. And it may take you a few days before you can actually write it down. Imagine as if someone was giving your eulogy. And they said, I want to describe the five principles that my blank, mom, dad, brother, sister, whatever, stood for. What would they say about you? If someone would have to get up and give you a eulogy, if you can envisualize, if you can visualize or envision, depending on whichever word you want on that one, but don't envisualize it. If you can envision somebody giving you your 120 years, you're 
well into your, don't worry, not, not for a very long time. And that person gets up and says, I spent a lot of time thinking about what were the principles that exemplified this person's life? What would it be? What would be the principles you'd want to be remembered for? Okay, let's begin this. We're going to talk about this. Don't feel like you have to write this now. Just think about it. Just think about it. It's your life. It's not now. It's your life. It's the sum of your life. Broken down into five core principles that you want to be remembered for. Don't write it down yet. Let's give it some more time. We'll talk about it again tomorrow. Just start processing it. And if you could write it down, great, write it down. Great, write it down. Okay. Have an incredible day for those of you who are in the Northeast. Enjoy the snow day. Anywhere else, just enjoy whatever day you're up to. We'll continue doing this. Trust me when I say, I know it's going to sound like morbid a drop. It's not. It's so incredibly, I don't know if this is a word, enlivening. That's not a word. I, I guess we'll have to create our own little dictionary here, but you know what I mean. All right. Have an awesome day. Be healthy. Be safe. With God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow.